Hi guys, this is Megan Massacre from the TV shows New York Inc. and Bondi Inc. And why the hell are you listening to the Maleko and Flash podcast? I mean, you could be doing something way more interesting, like getting a tattoo from me. I want to take a moment before we do the podcast. I want to talk about my new favorite thing. Okay. This, this flash cap. Oh, yeah. This is the coolest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were showing me that the other day. This is the coolest thing. I saw this. It was advertised to me on Instagram, and I thought, I need this in my life. So I bought two. I bought one for me and my wife. It's essentially a discreet way to keep your alcohol with you when you're doing everyday things. But it's not a flask. No. It, it goes on to like your hydro flask, whatever. Yeah. whatever. So your hydro flask tumbler or your Yeti tumblers, everybody's got one yeah, now, yeah. right? Whatever it is, you're drinking your water in all day long. Yeah. So you go to the beach, you're not it's really bad form to go to the beach with like liquor visible. Is you know? it though? You can't go out there and start pouring Tito's on the beach into your glass because then you're totally sure bit. would be great if I could though. But you can't. But you can now with the flask cap, because this is cool. It's a cap. That discreetly holds five ounces of liquor in the lid. And you just put it on any one of your existing tumblers. And so you'll grab the tumbler, you fill it with ice, you put Coca-Cola in it. And everybody sees you putting Coca-Cola in it, and that's it. And they're like, oh, I'm look, only drinking Coke. I'm drinking I'm only Coke. drinking Coke. Nothing to see here. Move along. Right? And then you put the lid on, and there's a button on top of the lid. And you just push it. It dispenses an ounce of your favorite liquor into your Coke. Oh, my goodness. So now I've got a Jack and Coke. I can push the button all five times, you though, if I want, Absolutely. Right? You lush. <laughs> you can. Okay. <laughs> well, now we're getting somewhere. It's great. It has made beach time so much more fun for me. It works really well, too. It's really well made. It's made in the USA. In fact, they, they made it. A couple of, of, uh, of hipsters in Montana made this thing. And they're selling it now on the internets, and it's fantastic. It's called Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P. Flaskap. And, and it holds five ounces of liquor. What more do you want? I mean, I, I need this in my life is what I need. I could, be, I could be drinking this right now as we speak. If you want one, we are going to give you one. What? At the end of this one. episode. Listen, at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you how you can win your very own flask cap and make your life five ounces cooler. <laughs> you know how when we used to do the podcast when he worked here, he'd be very, you know, appropriate with the alcohol? The very first podcast after he quit, he's just getting wasted. <laughs> and then I was the opposite because I'm like, I didn't work here. I didn't give a shit. Now I'm like, well, now I work here. So I'm like, oh, I got to keep it somewhat together. You're all grown up. <laughs> okay, put these on. Put them on. Let's go. To. Let's do this. Oh, there you go. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Maleko and Flash podcast. It feels so long since we've been together, Flash. So long. Someone had their real job to do last week with some pseudo-hurricane <laughs> lame that, oh, big shocker, didn't come. Well, not here, anyway. Someone was, like, on TV all day, couldn't do the podcast, priorities and whatnot. Trust me, if I could have been here, I would have rather have been here. Uh, it was uh, it was a crazy week. But you know what? This week, we're making up for it because uh, we've got uh, Bartender Invisible in the studio. <laughs> You've really stepped up the, to the plate here, Flash, and brought in uh, one of our favorite bartenders. You know, it's so great because Yui actually works for Maddie Boy. Oh, throwing her under the bus! Yes. Yui works for Maddie Boy at the Republic, 
and she canceled out on him. So she maybe, did. maybe, or maybe not, she'll have a job this weekend. <laughs> come at the come to the Republic. <laughs> Maddie was really looking forward to the cocktails. Yeah. Subtext: I don't want to hang out with my boss when I'm not working. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Thanks, Yui. Thanks for that. Wow. All right. So I mean, uh, it's not like Maddie Boy is chip or anything. I mean, he's actually cool. <laughs> All right. Inside <laughs> jokes are hilarious. All right, buddy. Here's who we got on the podcast today. Uh, he is uh, one of the founders of uh, the biggest concert promotion company in the state. Also, the uh, m- biggest concert venue, not biggest, but main concert venue that people go to see shows at. Best. I would say best. Best. Let's say best. Best concert venue. Certainly mm-hmm. the best sound and light show at any venue in Honolulu. And uh, he has a long, sordid history with Flash. And you. And me. We're going to talk all about that right now, ladies and gentlemen. Matty Boy. Matty Boy! Hello, everybody. The M in BAMP himself. That's it. The, the M, M in BAMP. The M in BAMP. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm the M. Mm. So we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about his rise to success, Bamp Project, from from sleeping on the floor in Flash's living room to owning four houses G-spots in the world. G- oh, I don't remember that. I, I think I've probably like passed slept, out there. Yeah, passed out there for sure. One hundred percent. Who hasn't? Right. <laughs> but he was actually he used to sleep on in G-spots living room on his couch, and when, then when the first got here, then he and then he made a big move to the lanai. Oh uh, no! Started with my brother's. Best friend Joey Zito. I <laughs> I slept on his lanai uh, when I first moved out here on like a camping, like inflatable self inflatable. Uh, That's crazy. You arrived mat. in Hawaii with like twenty dollars and like a, a bag full of CDs, you know, and that's it. Now you're now you're promoting bands here. You're you're the next big thing. This is amazing. It's he, amazing. He already is the big thing. He is the big thing. That's what Casey told me anyway. <laughs> that's his wife, by the way, podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's get down to business here. Um, first of all, let's get right into the elephant in the room immediately. When you, well, how do I ask this without? Uh, I, you just ask it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, in Flash for a long time here. Um, who did who did he bang? Why did you fire him? How bad did he suck? Did he even do anything? I mean, what's what? Why is Flash no longer part of BAMP? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, who did he bang? Uh, who didn't he bang? I think it's a little bit more appropriate. Uh, it's it's easier to like check off those on the list than it is to like add the ones he did. Yeah. The real reason Yui isn't here today. <laughs> well, you know, Flash is Flash. What did we say earlier? You know, a snake is going to be a snake. Flash is going to bang people. Wow. That's what he does. You but know. It, well, he, he used to do that. Like, like I think it, I think it dried up about like five years ago. I think that. Well, that, he's older now. Yeah, you know, balding, yeah. Well, yeah. fat. Those blue pills are expensive. <laughs> so expensive. <laughs> Uh, so actually, so the podcast listeners know, Flash was a part of BAMP uh, from almost the beginning, um, shortly after Flash's failed restaurant attempt, uh, which we love to bring up on the show. <laughs> which, by the way, that's Maddie's failed restaurant attempt as well. Yeah, but Maddie doesn't get the blame for that one. That one's yeah. all you. <laughs> Flash. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're not a vamp anymore. Yeah. Yeah. New one crazy story, though. Back when I first moved out here. Just one crazy story. Well, we'll start with this one crazy story. (laughs) Not that crazy, but interesting. Uh, When I first moved out here, uh, I was working for Flash at The Wave. And I I mean, I just love music. And one thing that I did is I went to him with some bands that I loved. And I was like, hey, I love these bands. Like Whippersnapper was one of them. Whippersnapper. And Flash was the promotions and marketing director at The Wave Waikiki at the time and that was like you know hawaii's longest running live music venue at that time also and um he actually him and i like ran budgets and we're like looking into like 
bringing out these bands, these small bands from like the mainland. And uh, I remember us talking about that long, long, long ago, way oh, the before infancy, Bamp. infancy, the little baby it, seed way, that way was planted. Be, way before Bamp even came about. Uh, it was oh. just like looking at these different things, running numbers, trying to figure out if it would make sense. It didn't, uh, it actually didn't end up penciling out for mm. for us, or maybe it would have, and we just were too scared to try. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it just kind of like fell by the wayside. And You remember how old you were when that was? Ooh. 22 at the yeah. most. Yeah, I, I moved out here when I was... 21 or 22. That's young. That's It's young to start a business. So maybe it was too soon for the idea. But certainly the, the seeds of a of a future idea yeah. were there. Yeah, it, it was there. It uh, didn't happen for many years after, but yeah, it did. It did. Conversations started then. It was interesting. Do you remember the first show you did? Oh, uh, yeah. The first show you, you, oh, yeah. you, you were on the oh, hook for? Yeah. Steel Pulse, Waikiki Shell, February, if I remember correctly, February 23rd. 2005. That's yep. a big venue and a big band. Huge. That's, that's for a, a huge, first show. That's a huge way to step into the Nobody realm. does that. No we, one has those kind of balls. We didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> we we were told by many, many different people, I think you guys should consider canceling this. Because like sales weren't great. I mean, we were hustling. We were doing what we had to do. Like we were out there singing flyers, putting up posters, and like it seemed like people were responding well to it. But it wasn't selling. And we actually, at that point, we broke the walk-up sales record for the show. I remember that yeah. show. That, our production manager. I remember that show. You you guys were the miracle makers. Oh, man. Uh, our production manager was like, hey, guys, you guys seem nice guys. You know, I don't want to see you like, lose all your money. Can you pay about, me now? How, how about you just, like, cancel the show, and then it'll probably be better for you. And, like, we, I mean, we had all this money tied up in it yeah. and we didn't like we didn't know sales trends and we didn't know what we know now and and if we knew then what we know now we might have walked away i mean really? and then it would have never been bam but wow. uh, we we stuck it through and even the venue was like yeah i don't i don't want to <laughs> see this happen to you guys and but we just did it and yeah. kept Pushing through, and ended, I forgot yeah. what the number was. Against I had to find a walk-up number, but we ended up having like about five thousand people there. Yeah, I remember, and it was about a five thousand people walk-up because it <laughs> sold like three hundred <laughs> tickets going into it. I mean, now you know, twenty twenty hindsight, yeah. reggae bands, the Hawaii market, all notorious, yeah. kind of like late buyers. Because everyone's high. They're like, what do you want to do? I don't know. They don't think about Saturday. They think about today. What do you want to do right now? It's no, like, or know, let's I, smoke a bowl and go see Steel Pulse. What a typical concert buyer in Hawaii does is they say, yeah, I'm totally going to that show, and then they still don't buy their ticket until yeah. they walk up to the door. Yeah. Even though they know as soon as the show's announced, I'm absolutely going. <laughs> or, oh, that was last week? And then yeah. like you're like, oh, thanks. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks for that. That's they good. knew about it, but they forgot. All right, so we've got you in the studio here. We've been talking probably too long without having a word of the day. Uh, but since we don't have a bartender, we kind of tripped over that. Uh, so, Flash, why don't you choose... Thanks, Yui. Why don't you choose a word of the day uh, for Yui? Uh, the word of the day is BAMP. BAMP. Okay, and we'll say that a lot. We'll say BAMP. So every time you, you got a better one? No, I mean, it's a good name. I was thinking I like, concert. I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name. It's a good name for business. So every time you hear the word BAMP today, you're going to go ahead and uh, have a drink of whatever you're drinking today. Since Yui's not here, um, we're going to drink whatever Matty Boy's favorite drink of all time is. What is your favorite drink? Oh, man. I, 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 honestly, I honestly don't drink that much anymore, but for a while. Mm. It's going to sound girly, but uh, it was a, a, a strawberry, oh, man, Mar- a strawberry, mar- strawberry basil martini. I used to love those. Oh, at, um, was it at Nobu? A uh, strawberry. Oh, actually, Lures Lounge is where Lures Lounge, I, I, yes, yeah, yes. where I first came across it. And then when we had uh, Apartment Three, it was like I got to choose 
a drink, and that was like uh-huh. the drink that it was the like Maddie the Maddie Boy. Boy yeah, Mar- we had like a, yeah. the Maddie Boy name. Strawberry martini. basil martini. So good. Super fancy. Oh yeah. Super gay. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, I don't know what the recipe for that is. You'll have to Google it. But uh, you can drink that at home, or you can do what we're drinking right now. Since Yui's not here, we're just drinking straight tequila out of the bottle. Well, so. you are. You're drinking the Herodera Ultra. Yeah, I'm yeah. having a little bullet. This is all okay. thanks to uh, Kaylee E. Young's right Market. So, Plugity plug. Thanks and for sure, that. Maddie's brother Tim brought us the rock star. He did. He hooked it up. <laughs> Drinking one right now. So, Maddie, your first show, a surprise success. Um, it boomed the band, or it boomed the, the band of brothers, I guess, the guys, the Bant Boys. Um, who are the Bant Boys? Well, it started off uh, with four guys. Um, Brad, B-A-M-P, right? Yeah, B-A-M-P. Brad, Aubrey, Maddie, Phillip. Okay. Uh, and if you look at the logo, the logo is to this heads. day, it's actually four dudes. Yeah, like yeah. four little Lego guys or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> what? It's so it's, weird. Uh, four letters. <laughs> I don't remember Lego guys, but... The, Flash, the, the Flash top. has been drinking a lot. The top above the BAMP, the circles and the dots. Are you telling him how to read his own logo? You don't need I mean, to... It's his own interpretation. We'll yeah. roll I'm with a, it. It's okay. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. It might see what it wants to see, Flash. <laughs> All right. So you start yeah, this company. You got four guys. Uh, <laughs> how does that come together? It's not how Lego the, people, though. Talk me through the conversation that suddenly you're like, I want to do a show. I want to bring Steel Pulse to Hawaii. Um, and then Aubrey's like, yeah, I want to do that, too. And then Brad goes, sure, and I'll... I'll come out to Hawaii and do... How does that happen? Well, uh, all right. So I was doing nightclub promotions with Flash for a very long time. Flash, Flash, was, Flash was... He's the one that, like, opened the door for me. It had gone from Flash doing Wave to you doing Doorman Productions because you were the doorman that at was. Flash's thing. And yep. then uh, Flash and Matty Boy. Correct. Who brought you uh, the Hanahana Room two nights a month. Like every first other and third Saturdays, Skyline. Every first other and third Saturday, Saturdays, Skyline. But we were uh, doing a glitter and glamour at Pussycat Lounge before that. That yeah, was yeah. what really started. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, all great decisions start at the wave. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you've got some extra cash. You're doing some promoting, and you're thinking I can take this to a whole nother level. And so you bring in your buddies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seemed like um, I met Philip. Uh, he actually came on as a Flash and Maddie Boy sponsor with. Uh, Mata. Mata yeah. yeah. So he was a Mata rep, which was a clothing company. Mm-hmm. He's eventually like moved on to like Ruka and Herschel and like every other great <laughs> lifestyle brand mm-hmm. out there right now. <laughs> I mean, he, he does them all. But um, he was sponsoring our nightclub events, and then he came to me one day and was like, hey, um, what do you think about doing concerts? And I was like, well, it seems like the next logical progression for sure. me is what I would like to do. Have no clue how to do it. I mean, it, I didn't know any connection. I didn't have connections or any of that, you know, or or the money to like fund it independently. And yeah. he's like, "Well, I have a friend in L.A. He does all these corporate shows. He can help us book the shows." Nice. He's like, "I got a little bit of money. You got the marketing and promotions like on lock." And he's like, "Why don't we give it a shot?" And so Brad flew out. We had a meeting, and you know, it's just like one of those just things. It's like, like a like a brainstorm. And then yeah. like you know, Aubrey and Philip were best friends, and so. Aubrey came over from Maui, and you know he started. You know, it was just like that's how that's how it happened. It was relatively informal. That's it. But that's, that's four it. guys start a promotions company. And the next thing you know, uh, you are the only promoters in town. It's amazing to look back at how short of a time span that was. Um, before Tom Moffat died, I had a chance to talk to him about his rise to being the concert promoter in Hawaii. Um, and he talked about his early days being in the Army or, or being in the military and then being uh, on the radio, being a DJ. And it was kind of the same thing for him. Somebody's like, you want to do a concert? 
And so he does a concert. And then the next thing you know, he's doing more concerts and he starts meeting people. Next thing you know, he's bringing in Elvis. And then he turns into this monster of a production company. Next thing you know, he's bringing in Elvis. He does. That's, <laughs> That's a huge leap, man. No, no, but you got to think about it. Elvis to us now is like this icon. But back then, he was the rising star or yeah. he was like he's the, the he Bruno. Was, he was the he Bruno. Was the Bruno. You know? Yeah. And but now he's like, he's dead. Just, well. Yeah, well. <laughs> Flash, you're so astute. <laughs> this this just wow. in breaking news. Wow. Uh, but th- that's what happened. Like he was he, he was coming out to Hawaii and and Tom met the right people and it just happened to work out. But it wasn't like he was the big name at the time. He was the up and comer, um, and uh, and to some extent, kind of like Bruno. I mean, because you had Bruno before Bruno was massive. You know, I mean, he was he was connected to uh, to Hawaii. So anyway, back up for a second. Um, Tom is now uh, passed. His company has, has kind of uh, it, it's gone now, for his, for for his namesake purposes anyway. Uh, you've now been left with this entire state worth of opportunity here. What are you doing with that power? <laughs> I don't know if I'd look at it as like, what do we look at? What are we doing with this power? But um, you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? You have a lot of responsibility here. You 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 have a void to fill. We're doing exactly what we've always done. You know, like we we keep our heads down, we work hard, and um, you know, we we continue to grow year over year, and and we just you know our our idea is like the the more quality entertainment we can bring out, the more we can bring out. You know, mm-hmm. like the more people support what we do, the more we can recycle all that back in and, and continue to bring more acts and afford to take more risks or afford to bring out acts that we know aren't you know, the best financial uh, choice to bring out, but we know that it's an important artist for customers to see. You know, because one thing I always go, one thing I always say when I get questions like this, it's like when I, when I grew up, I mean, I grew up, I was born in Orlando, Florida, but I grew up in a small town in Northeast Georgia, about an hour and a half uh, Northeast of Atlanta. There are no concerts near where I grew up in Georgia. And to go see a show, I had to drive an hour and a half to go see a show. And, you know, I'd buy a ticket for my favorite band, but then, like, I would get to see all these other bands that would travel with them, you know, supporting artists. We don't get to see that level of artists that often in Hawaii because it's just cost prohibitive. So what we think is important is to be able to bring out those artists that maybe aren't going to make us any money or possibly probably lose us money, but it inspires, like, a lot of, of the younger kids to, like, get out and play music and like you know that that's what happened to me like i would see i would go to see my favorite band and i would fall in love with the opening band and be like whoa i never knew who they were and you know you get that opportunity to uh for us to be able to get that opportunity to bring those types of bands to inspire people is, is it's just awesome let's talk about that for a second for every bruno mars you bring out you bring out a hundred bands, and I would joke with Flash about this sometimes. I'd get the email; it would come in, and it'd be like, "Band Project presents the some band Who? you don't know yet, but in ten years you're gonna love them." You know, and it's like, or maybe four years. That's what old people say, like you, Maleko. It's true. The young though. kids are like, "Holy!" Sh-. But Whoa, like, but it's true though. But like, I'll, I'll get Band Project presents. Who the f is this? Yeah, and you know, and I'll get like ten of those emails, and then I'll get an email that says, you know, here comes uh, uh, Imagine Dragons or something like that, like something yeah. really cool like that. So, uh, how do you keep that balance without losing your ass? 
Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we don't. I mean, we don't look at it in like like we don't. We don't. Yet to be determined. Yeah. We take it as it comes. You know, like right. some, sometimes it, you know you have these uh, shows that, that that make money, and and other times we have shows that definitely don't. And sometimes we get hit with a lot of those. There's, but the, the, it's the, like the vo- I think we, we look at it as more like volume. We do a lot of volume. Yeah. And then that's how we win. We we win by doing a lot of volume. But it's not a ten year turnaround for some artists. No, yeah, it's it's even two years. Travis Scott, Migos, oh, Chainsmokers, mm-hmm. they all came out. No one really knew who they were. Yeah. And maybe the shows sold some tickets. The first Chainsmokers show sold out, but it was only to like the EDM heads. Mm-hmm. And then a year or two later, the entire yeah. planet knows who yeah. these artists are as like some of the biggest acts in the yeah. world. And it's like uh, they played here like two years ago, guys. Yeah, Travis Scott, great one. I mean. Uh, uh, Delve, he's actually linked us up with Travis Scott's manager. Uh. DJ Delve, BAMP resident there DJ. There you go. Yep, playing so, at Dinner on Blanc this Saturday, by the woo. way. Yeah. <laughs> so he actually linked us up uh, with his manager and was like, hey, I think that you guys would want to do him. And, yeah. I, and I looked him up. I was like, I have no clue who Travis Scott is. And his manager's like, he sold out every show <clears throat> on this club run that he's doing right now, like the rodeo tour or something like that. And we were like, all right, cool. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. I'd like, you know, paid him what he needed to get paid to come out mm-hmm. and sold like, 500 tickets or something like that. Wow. Yeah, not not good. Not good. But, I mean, and unfortunately, we haven't got a chance to bring him back out again since then. And now he's like, this they don't know you a level, solid but. when you do something like that. Like, you know, like they, you call him up and you're like, you would think, hey, remember that time mm-hmm. I gave you a ton of money to come to Hawaii? How about you do me, you know, half price? We have had <laughs> very few artists do that. We have had a couple. And, it, like, to be honest, it's like, you know, kind of a shock. Um, but it doesn't happen often i mean they're out there chasing yeah. i mean they they get thrown crazy money all the time we were talking to a manager one time and he, he, he's a manager for like a pretty high profile act and he's like we go out we scoop up the million dollar offers first mm-hmm. and then we go and we scoop up the five hundred thousand dollar offers and then you know if there's quarter million offers we'll go to those markets and then like after we scoop up all that stuff we'll look at all like the cd level markets and like the hundred thousand dollar offers or like the fifty thousand you know so it's just they, they're, they're, it's a business for them. They and get they, there they, when they can go, get there. Yeah, if they can slot us back in, they. Every might, time you but, play, you're looking to make yeah. to maximize your return on every single performance. I mean, it's logical. Yeah, but it it it's actually really awesome when an artist does come back around and, and do something for us. Yeah, uh, when they know that we've taken a beating on a show. Can it, you think of an artist off offhand that's done that? Daughtry was one of them. Actually, we got. Brutalized. Oh, the first Kakako yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, he was a really hot artist, and like we yeah. still go back and forth on like, was it a wrong choice of artist? But he was like heavy in rotation on all the alternative stations out here. Yeah, all two of Hudson loved all him. two of them. Hudson yeah. loved him. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, the other thing was like it was the first time Kakako was ever used at well in in that type of way for right. a concert. And so, it was so it was the, like, maybe it was the wrong venue. Was it the uncertainty? Like yeah. People were like, I don't know what that is. Where like, do you park? Yeah. Where is it? How do you get yeah, there? Like, yeah. yeah, all those kinds of things. And it, it just didn't do well. And then um, he ended up, I think, I feel like he had a corporate show out here years later. And they hit us up. And they're like, hey, remember that time you guys took a bath? How about we give you a show on Maui for a greatly reduced rate? And we did it, and it, it was it was still structured to where like we can only make a certain amount of money, and but it was way less risk, and so we did that, and it was awesome. It yeah, we, we, did, we didn't make back nearly as much as we lost because <laughs> that's the way it works. You can never make as much mm-hmm. as you can lose. Mm-hmm. Legalized gambling, yeah, legalized gambling. Yeah. It is. So, which one of you in Bamp 
has the time machine? Who is it that's the future band seeker? Is it you? Is it Philip? Um, I always used to think it was you, but then, like, I've talked to Philip, and, and the more I talk to Philip, the more I think maybe it's him. Who's the guy with his finger on tomorrow? I would say Phil is probably more the guy with the finger on tomorrow. I think I, like, we, we both have very different roles. Um, very different tastes, too. Very different tastes, yeah. 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 I'm a little bit more on the analytical side doing the research, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what should be right for the market. You like stats. You like data. Yeah. Phil's a little bit more in tune with, like, what's cool and hot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that translates well. Sometimes it doesn't because Hawaii, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii is catching up. Uh, we used to think about it as, like, we're really far behind. Uh, but now with, like, social media and, like, everything. Yeah, the like, Internet it, changes yeah, all that. It sure has. So, yeah, I, w- I would say Phil is probably more in tune with, like, what's hot in more of, like, the pop arena. And uh, in indie as well, um, I'm a little bit more in tune with like the rock side of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so we, we have different perspectives, which is great. I mean, it, it balances out really well. Going back to uh, the conversation I had with with Tom Moffat before, uh, I apologize if I'm bringing him up. It's the only no. point of reference I have <laughs> for your business. Yeah, we we have, ha- well, we had and still have an enormous amount of respect for for Tom. So yeah, yeah. F- fine to talk about him. He mentioned to me that um, a lot of his success was based on the fact that we happened to be a gasoline stop for airplanes. These bands were coming through Hawaii, and they were going someplace else, and they had to stop here because planes didn't go the full distance before. Um, We mentioned the Internet is changing how fast we catch up with bands. Uh, Planes don't necessarily have to stop here. Artists can come in and go and never set foot outside of the airport. Um, is that a big factor in how you get artists to play here anymore, or has that completely become a non-issue on whether or not you get a band? I would say that it's still very, uh, it's a very relevant uh, aspect when considering who we bring out, and what we don't bring out. <clears throat> Most of the time, Asia, Australia are um, how we pick up artists, like where they're going to or from. Um, if you are routing from the West Coast to Australia, yeah, it, it is logical to make a stop here. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, like in a nutshell, it, it does factor in. Mm-hmm. It's not the only thing. Hawaii is a lot of – and we don't see it a ton, but we do hear about a lot of private corporate events where people mm-hmm. come out. Sometimes we have an opportunity to piggyback on that. Uh, to do Hawaii as a single one-off is usually extremely cost prohibitive. I mean, you got to think about yeah. it, like you're, you're on a bus, you're going up the West Coast, you play five or six dates in a week, come to Hawaii, and you get paid five or six days in that week, and yeah. then you, to come to Hawaii, you minimum it's like three days, so you like you're only getting paid for one day out of three. You know, so it just right. comes as economics. You know, and it's cost prohibitive. Yep. Getting out to Hawaii is very expensive, yeah. particularly with an Plus, entourage. Plus, being on a, on a bus driving to the next town is different to getting everybody. On an airplane, mm-hmm. and then having to ship gear or rent oh, gear. Man, yeah, you gotta think about it. like if if an artist is worth <clears throat> twenty grand in L.A., you know, it's like all right, cool. We they're not going to be worth twenty grand in L.A., but just as I mean, in Hawaii, but like as a and as like a comparison, it will cost that artist. Like we pay them twenty grand uh, in Hawaii, it will cost them a lot in fees and like you know, like you're saying yeah. freight and like airfare and all that kind of stuff. So like at the end of the day, they're netting maybe ten grand as opposed to the twenty that they would get on a bus stop you know so 
Hotel rooms in Fresno are a little bit cheaper than in Waikiki, too. <laughs> That's true. Plus, you've got a smaller audience base. I mean, yeah. people can't drive to the next town to go see their favorite band. It's exactly. either you live here or you don't. Exactly. All right, so we're probably getting way too technical. I'm sure the podcast listeners have fallen asleep at the wheel right now. So we're going to doubt things back. I want to get to the rock star side of what you do. Okay. Let's talk about the artists. Let's talk about the people that you bring out here. Is, is uh, Bruno Mars going to do an eighth show? Uh, no. <laughs> he, he's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. Did you, uh, I know you didn't have to order tickets, but uh, did anybody in your family have to buy tickets through Ticketmaster through their online website? Fortunately, nobody in my family had to. We, yeah. uh, they were able to, we, we were able to have them purchase them. Yeah. You're uh, aware that the rest of the state didn't get tickets through Ticketmaster, right? You, you were aware of that. That's what people are saying. <laughs> That's what people are saying. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, man. But you know what? While we're talking about that, something, something very relevant worth pointing out let's say uh so let's say the ticket limit was four per person right right right. and let's say there's four people all going who all are going to try to buy those four tickets that's 16 tickets that people are trying to get when they actually are only going to buy four Mm -hmm. so people are like oh the system is crashing and all this kind of stuff it's like all right we'll just buy the have one person buy the four tickets but when four people are each trying to buy the four tickets oh you guys are then overloading the system it takes 16 tickets out of the inventory that's true okay because that's what happens is like the the tickets get pulled out of the inventory right which makes it so others so what you're saying is this is flash's fault it's flash I blame I blame everything on Flash. Yeah. So. That's, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I called him on when we went on sale. I was like, Flash, dude, what is going on? <laughs> I actually no. ex- explained that very thing uh, on the air several times. But you're never going to get no people who's gonna to be that. like try less hard yeah. to get the tickets yeah. that you really want. Exactly, it's counterintuitive. You know, yeah, it's like it doesn't oh, make I'm gonna, sense. I'm going to because I heard I heard about people like I was on my phone trying, and then I had three laptops, and it's like they're they're trying. All these They're competing ways. against themselves. Exactly. Which is, I did it. I, I'll admit, I had my, yeah. I had my phone, my iPad, my laptop. I was also on a phone calling in, right. yeah. uh, and my wife was doing the same thing. And it's like there was just, there's just no way we could get tickets. And I kept thinking, what's wrong? And you know, it didn't work out. Another thing too is because you don't work at radio anymore, Maletto. That's true. If I <laughs> worked know? in radio, I'd have tickets. <laughs> the only people I know that actually got tickets were people that were purchasing pairs. Everyone was mm. trying to buy four tickets. That's the other thing. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so half the inventory gets sold, all right? And then eventually you're down to singles and pairs, yeah. and people are still trying to buy their four tickets. So it's saying nothing matches your, your, your search. Right. But it doesn't mean there's no tickets. It's yeah. like if you would have so gone my mistake was trying to buy tickets for my brother when really I should have said suck it, you're on your own, exactly. and I would have had tickets by or now. like Boom. hey you buy a pair and I buy a pair maybe yeah. they're you know in the same section or whatever but we're all just not going to sit because right let's be next honest I don't need to sit next to you anyway because your girlfriend's just going to keep talking to me the whole time and I want to watch the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> no one's girlfriend's talking to you, not even your own. <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> So do you have tickets for me? <laughs> oh. So what I'm really trying to say is... <laughs> so that's why I'm here today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Actually, little known fact, I, and I, we didn't have permission to talk about this, but I'm going to bring this up. Uh, <laughs> right before the shows, right before the shows, there's usually like a miracle release. Like suddenly, like a week or so before do the shows... Not- don't talk about this. People, this is spilling secrets. This is an industry secret. I, this is what the podcast is for. But it's not possible for Bruno. It's, it relates to, pertains to other shows, but okay. not Bruno. For other shows, not Bruno. Why is it that like a week or so before the show, suddenly there appears to be Sometimes more, it's just a few days, actually. More tickets for the show. It's not. It, it's, it, is produ- that an illusion? No, it's production kills. 
Tech I'll, kills. Tech kills. So what you do is you kill seats that could potentially be problematic with sight lines, could mm -hmm. potentially be problematic with, like, you know, if the artist needs a B stage, like a secondary stage where they pop up and do, like, a song in the back left corner of the room. Uh -huh. like those kinds of things. So what happens is once the production gets loaded in or once they, it's firmly established that areas are not needed for production elements of the show, they get opened up. Wow. Yeah, this is a trade secret. There you go. It's not as mysterious or sexy as you might think. It's just, eh, that speaker was going to be in the way. Oh, it's not going to be in the way? Cool. Let's sell those tickets. So for people who didn't get tickets to their favorite show, not Bruno Mars, but other shows, um, two or three days before the show, just do a double check. Just log on real quick. Because a lot of times it's unannounced. It's it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. possible. I mean, you can't. it's not a guarantee on, on every show. but And also, there's things like, uh, let's say a show... You know, these radio guys always take all of our tickets and they want to give them away for free. You know, so <laughs> bastards! Not, Damn radio people. You know. so, Glad I don't work in radio. So, so when we uh, when we write an offer, we make sure we allocate uh, in the offer like a certain amount of holds for marketing. Right. And if in the event that we don't need those marketing holds anymore, yeah. we'll put them back for sale. You know, so it's just nice. like really simple. Cool. Oh, also COD holds. Yeah. They get that flash guy. It's always like, give me all the tickets. And they're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to hold them for you. And, and then, then he his never credit buys card them. doesn't go through. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have that again, nightclub cash anymore. Again, <laughs> Flash's problem. It's always Flash. It's his fault. Yep. Yep. So uh, I don't work for BAMP anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so back to why he got fired. <laughs> hey, so um, you know, since you're booking big bands like Bruno and stuff like that, uh, you should really book Beyonce. You know, I mean, that'd be a really good act. Don't that you think is, that'd be that's, good a, act? that's a great idea. What is she, what is have you ever heard of that before? Jay Z. Have you heard of this Jay Z guy? I think he could sell some tickets. Heard Jay Z, but what, should, is, what is Beyonce saying? Yeah, have you have you heard? Maybe maybe, maybe she'd book her. She's really great. I think she could she could probably sell out the Republic. Oh, speak, okay. So <laughs> I think okay. she could too. You, I think, I know, you know what? I'm positive she can sell out the Republic. There I'm you gonna go. go out on a limb. Yeah. I am. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't but, know why you haven't booked her yet. Speaking of Beyonce, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, this is like Beyonce light, I guess, in a way. There's a band that I can't like. I, I've been working with a, a a band called Kings of Spade, um, and so I've been doing a lot of research. Local band, great band. They're uh, they're playing Saturday at uh, at a special event. <laughs> Go yeah, on. Yeah, okay. So go. Uh, carry on. Um, so I, I've been doing a lot of research on different uh, sound, like different uh, artists, and like I've been researching more new music, and I came across this band called The New Respects. They're from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And they had a song that reminded me a lot of Beyonce, but it's like, it, I don't know, it's like this like funky, like just rock-based act. I don't mm -hmm. know. It was great. I don't even remember the name of the song, but... Uh, they're good. Trouble. So you're not booking uh, Beyonce. You're not booking Beyonce, but you might book this band. Uh, they're not on our radar to okay. book, uh, but it, on a personal level, I came across. Yeah. I, I enjoy coming across new music, yeah. and it's one of the bands I've come across recently that I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah they have some stuff that's a little bit more soulful, rocky, and then they all, a lot of their newer stuff, they just put out a new album apparently, but yeah. uh, it's a little bit more on the pop, like Beyonce vein, okay. but it's not... Dance. Not quite there. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's good. It's it's fun. It's fun music. It's fun. this is actually the fun part of the conversation because uh, I remember from my years in radio, uh, meetings with BAMP were always uh, like, "Hey, Jamie Hyatt, who is our program director, this band is really great." Um, and you know, program directors are usually old and stubborn, and so they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> and then like three months later, everyone's <laughs> playing that band and be like, "Oh, what's this band?" You always add them after we do the show. And, and Maddie's over here like, hey. Yeah. That happens so many times. Like it we does would, happen we quite would, a bit. We'd do a concert, 
well, I don't want to say Jamie is great about supporting us right. for sure. Um, but we would do some shows it's just in and, general. Radio stations think they know what's hot, yeah, and so do concert promoters, and they don't always see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. But there are times where those universes collide and they turn into beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had some very successful radio shows. Oh, for sure. Like, we had some great band camp. Like, ba- band camp. Right, band right, camp. right there. Waikiki ah. Shell, Hoobastank, Hot Hot Heat, The Fray, and Rock Kills Kid. Yeah. Four national headliners. It was an amazing on the same show. Bill. Funny story about Rock Kills Kid. If I remember correctly, I think their hotel room got broken into while they were out here. <laughs> Somebody climbed up the outside balcony and came in through their sliding door and like grabbed a computer bag, like in the middle of the night. So not yeah. like a stalker, crazy fans, an actual like, meth like, head, yeah, thief, yeah. crackhead. Yeah. Yeah. Just your just your typical crackhead. Yeah, and it actually, I think it made the news too. Maleko, that could have, that, you could have been that guy. I like, was in radio on. then, yeah, so all I was yeah. doing was drinking at that yeah. time. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, not much has changed. Yeah, we've done some great, um, some great radio shows and like we've had great partnerships with radio stations too yeah so uh when you talk about you know you're sitting in your meetings you talk about which band you're going to bring out which one you aren't i mean obviously there's some bands that you know are going to be huge there's some bands that you hope will be huge that you're what you said earlier you're kind of educating the market this band is going to be great one day you're going to love it mm-hmm. um and of all the shows you booked so far success or not which one was your favorite show to produce Ooh. ever ever just, just as far it's as from a producer's experience. Oh, from, a, from a production standpoint, yeah. we did a show um, with Above and Beyond at the Waikiki <laughs> Shell, Above yeah. and Beyond Acoustic. It it was insane. It was insane. I mean, it wasn't the most uh, well-attended show that we've had. I mean, it, it financially wasn't a great show for us, but... There were still thousands of people there. Yeah. Don't, oh, don't yeah. undersell Oh, yeah, it. for sure. And then, but like, Says the PR marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we... Um, it was it was amazing. It was basically uh, a EDM act stripped down to an orchestra playing the songs live. And what I felt was so beautiful about it is they projected onto the back of the Waikiki shell. The actual shell it, itself. And, and it was iMag, like image magnification. So it was like live video feed from the artist playing projected onto the shell behind them. It was gorgeous. And what's interesting is, like, since we did that, so many people have, like, tried to replicate that, (laughs) which is cool. You know, it's it's flattering, but it it was amazing. It was so amazing. I mean, it was just a beautiful night and, like, this symphony and live live, uh, vocalists. It it was just really, really a special night. That was uh, the one for the – I think it was for the Hanahoe. They they shot out all the – Yeah, the confetti. The confetti stuff, but it was, like, the really long – Kind of almost like tensely kind. I mean, it's just it's, it was all the feels. Yeah, they did. I, I think they only did twelve. Uh, I don't know, marketing director. Was it twelve uh, of those acoustic <laughs> shows across the world? And we got one of them. Uh, something, like that? something like that. And they only played like the most iconic venues in the world, like um, Sydney Opera House, Sydney Opera House, the um, Hollywood Bowl, Hollywood Bowl, yeah. uh, the um, Royal Hall in oh, London. Yeah. Um, I think Red Rocks would make that list. Did they play there? I don't think they played hmm. there. We, we were one of the few um, US, uh, U.S. dates, yeah. yeah. And they, it was like a 21-piece orchestra with like six singers, and three of the singers were the guys in the band. And but it, I mean, there's, there's tons and tons of different like, uh, shows that have touched me in, in different ways. You know, but like that, from a production standpoint, it was just a beautiful— Production thing. standpoint at the Republic is— Empire of the Sun, yes, probably. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, that would. Oh man, we brought in so many moving lights, and and we actually we needed to bring in an LED wall for that show, and instead of 
renting it we opted to buy it because like uh, edm was just making this you know at that point edm was starting to come up on the rise and like to rent the led walls like seven eight grand every single time you rent it yeah so we but this is before they had them in the island so you had to bring them out yeah yeah, yeah. right around that same time within like a week's time we had i think two other edm shows where we would have had to rent the wall yeah. like four I, times in a matter of like 10 days yeah so, so it, you I mean, might as just, well just buy it it just yeah i mean it's a crazy thing to think like that but yeah it, it did make more financial sense to, to do that Let's talk about the artists, the rock stars. Um, what was the craziest thing that ever went down for a show? I, I heard, uh, oh. I heard some, some about uh, maybe Modest Yahoo. Oh, that, that one is that, that's the first one that popped in my head. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Let's the other one I that. think of is, is the golf cart with Artist X going from the, the green room to, to the stage at Kakaako. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the hundred feet. <laughs> tell this. Tell these stories. Tell the story. Let's talk about Modest Yahoo. Let's talk about the other one. Oh man, Modest Yahoo. Ah, man, it's been so long. I don't even know if I'll get the story one hundred percent right anymore. But, whew, on, yeah, Kauai, Modest Yahoo. Modest Yahoo was like, he was like the golden goose for Hawaii. He's like this reggae star, and like everybody wanted this show. He, he was played on every radio mm. station. We were lucky enough to overpay and get the show. <laughs> we were the lucky ones to overpay and, and actually get it. But we ended up uh, taking him to Kauai. And, man. This like, is when he was hardcore, like, oh, Hasidic gosh, yeah. Jew guy, which is yeah. plays into the story. Yeah. It's good to know oh, that. Man. Yeah, yeah. Because now he's, he's not, not that way anymore. Apparently no, now, no, now no, I don't no. even recognize the yeah. guy. But before he had a look. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, we'll, we'll just, like, briefly, like, wrap it up. But, like sound check so my shot it was delayed by rain it was raining so like production delays and all that kind of stuff we were doing the best we can everybody's like working with us and you know understanding of the weather related like delays so my shot who's like you know sound checking um things are running late uh opening band from Kauai decides to show up and they decided it was their turn to sound check so they legitimately walked on stage while my shot who's sound checking unplugged the bass players like <laughs> unplugged his guitar from the bass player and plugged his in and i was like oh whoa, whoa, whoa. hey guys guys you know you gotta wait your turn we'll get to you in a minute and they're like no no, no. we jam them and i was like <laughs> we jam them uh, okay and then i was like all right cool i uh, grabbed security I was like hey security I, I need some help over here turns out security like that's their uncle you know and he's like it was just one of those things where it's like you can't control it's like we're trying to grab control of this and like the production manager is like trying like the production manager from Montreal who was trying to get involved and like trying to smooth everything out security won't back us up because it's like oh that's my nephew i'm not going no no no. like you guys handle it it was just a mess but there, there's so many let, things let hawaii happen yeah let hawaii happen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah bass pair swung the bass at me i had Whoa, like duck and like into a brawl. oh pretty much and so in a nutshell, like Manishahu's family and everybody was feeling threatened, we had to send people to Manishahu's hotel room to sit outside of his hotel room door to protect his wife and kid because they were concerned that people were going to go and, like, start. It was a mess. It is Hawaii. Yeah. That might have happened. Yeah. It's possible. So, I mean, there's so many things that we could keep going on and on about for that but like the next morning we're all like okay cool we're done like we're done with this show we're going to move on i think maui was next so we're loading up in the lobby turns out that the one of the guys that we were having a problem with at the show on Kauai was working at the hotel next door he decided to show up as we're loading up in the vans and kind of like get back in well he was trying to apologize but in like that local like way of like yeah. like a little punchy yeah. It was just uncomfortable. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. There, there, there are so many things. But, like, yeah. 
That's the, that's the same I've show. Blocked, I have blocked a lot of that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the si- same show or the same mini tour of where the gear didn't show up too, right? I bet that and happens he, a lot. He had oh. to be in the hotel room before dark. And yeah, so we had to drop, drop him off at the rabbi's house. It's like and the like, craziest like yeah. set of shows we had ever. To, we had to bless the stage before he would play, and then we were having a hard time like finding a rabbi to do that. And like my partner Phil was like, "I'll do it." He's like, "I'll, I'll <laughs> pretend to be a rabbi and just bless the stage." I was like, oh, "Something just feels wrong about that." So we didn't do that. We found somebody. I'm glad you didn't do that. Yeah, that would that would classic been... Phil, by the way. <laughs> classic we'll make, we'll make Phil. <laughs> and he's like, "How hard can it be?" You know, like, yeah, it was fun. All right. Good without thanks. without naming names, what's the worst diva behavior you ever saw? Unless you want to name names. I mean, you can, you can uh, if you want to. Yeah, not allowed. The, the golf know, cart's pretty bad. It's, yeah, yeah. The, it's best not to name names, but we, we've had some. What's this golf cart story? C- certain artists have. <laughs> this particular artist the, the, wanted. Well, first of all, we couldn't serve meat at. Anything or he couldn't smell meat, like nothing could be served, like you no know, meat products. This isn't Modest Yahoo, by the way. No, 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 definitely not. It's a totally not different totally. story. Starts okay. with an M. Starts with an M. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. And doesn't eat meat. Do the math, kids. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, uh, I wouldn't say, dif- yeah, difficult artist. Difficult. Uh, it, yeah. It, it we was, use the term diva around here, but go on. He was a diva. I use the term maleco. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No one listens to you though, so it's okay. There were so many things with that. What is so? I'm, I'm guessing. I'm just going to deduct since you didn't finish the story that he was in his trailer and he needed a golf cart to be taken to the stage. Yeah, that's what and happened. how far away was it? The, was like what? 100 feet. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember the Kakako setup. His feet it was couldn't like, touch the ground or something. He said. There, I, I've blocked out so many of the bad stories. And you, you made that happen. <laughs> Oh, you have to make it happen. You got no choice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are writers as crazy as they used to be? Green M&Ms only, you know? Writers have obnoxious requests sometimes, but what I've found is that most of the time the obnoxious request is in there to see if you're actually reading the writer. You know, so okay. it's like, so when you're advancing, you're like, hey, do you really need the green M&M's and they're like ah no we don't need them you know but like thanks for reading the writer you know so it's uh, almost like a wave that they can make sure test that you're you. yeah wow yeah. even even the the story of the green M&M's um is basically the same thing but w- uh, Van Halen I think was the one that originated it and they the tour manager put it in there and so when they showed up at the gig and then they knew if they had all green M&M's they knew that Everything they would okay. ask for was would get uh, would be covered. It's, it's it was it's a very clever yeah kind of a way to just ensure that everyone's got it together. I mean, don't get me wrong. Artists have needs and a lot of needs, and <laughs> you know, and and most of them are reasonable, but still to a point. A lot, you know, they they still need a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of, usually wasteful too. Like there's so many things. Like at the end of the show, you're just like, did you? Okay, you needed seven bottles of champagne and you drank one. You know, great. So, what do you guys do with the rest of the stuff? You have a big uh, party. Party. Club three hundred one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three hundred one. Again, why Flash doesn't work there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Flash, where those six bottles of champagne go? Wow. Oh, I do. When Flash is a market director, yes! wave. I used to be the the cashier, and so Flash would come in hammered sometimes. What? Like, Weird. 
throw open the front door, walk right behind me, pass the cashier into the into the uh, liquor room, come out with like arms full of like stuff, just walk right back out the front door. I'm just like, not even. Am anything. I supposed to like stop this or like is this is what happens or like hey Alan who is a GM is like Alan is this? And he's like yeah it's Flash. I, <laughs> so it was like, yeah. I was usually but in, I mean, like, in the car waiting stare. for him. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I was at my house going hey why don't you go to the wave and get. I'll be like, that's a great idea. <laughs> like kicking down the front door, barging right through security. Everybody's just like looking at him going, huh? Uh, That's right. a lot of that in Flash's life. <laughs> You've got this great concert venue. Um, there's, there's been a series of great concert venues in Honolulu. If you ask anybody, depending on how old they are, they'll talk about their favorite places to see a show. Um, the Republic has established itself as a solid performance venue it's almost like it was built for that and it, it actually was. was built for and that. it was yeah. um let's talk about the venues talk about about how you make that dream come true and then maybe your favorite use of the space uh, how do we make the dream come true i mean we're almost forced to like for us to be able to continue on as a concert company without there being basically a turnkey facility like pipeline well pipeline wasn't turnkey but it was the best that we had access to um it had closed down we were kind of forced to do stuff at aloha tower and it was just penciling out to, i mean it's just cost prohibitive yeah. you know like everything that used to cost us a set amount of money now cost double because uh, all the production had yeah. to be brought in you know it was just really really hard so you put pencil to paper and mm -hmm. you start drawing this place out mm -hmm. i mean who decides you're going to put eighty thousand gigawatts of sound <laughs> on an entire wall <laughs> you know well, luckily, we consulted uh, uh, Hawaii Pro Sound, who does a majority of all the, the concert audio out here, and, and he guided us and helped us with the, the sound mm -hmm. portion of everything. And Eggshell Lighting was the, you know came on board and like you know consulted and guided Hands us. Hands down, best light show at a standalone concert venue I've ever seen. It, up until that point, too, like you know, it was all just especially static for lights. the size of the venue. Yeah, like it, and not just in Hawaii, anywhere. Those lights are amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, we, we made mm. what we wanted, what we always wanted, you know, within reason. I mean, obviously budgets are a, sure. a definite factor, but we brought in everything that we thought would make a great concert experience for people. And so that's, that's where we're at. So what's your best show there? It, whether, you know, I know you guys do shows for other people too, or sometimes you just get artists that come through there. Uh, do you remember your favorite moment sitting in the back there watching the show and thinking, damn. This is it. I, I remember a moment <clears throat> when we brought out Death Cab for Cutie, and it was like one of the first shows. So opening week. Love or that, that band. August yeah. 2012. And at that point. Like, they were we, so hot then, too. That yeah. band was on fire. Yeah. And so at that time, we had this like VIP riser that was kind of like against the outside wall. And I remember like walking up onto that, and there's like 20, 30 people up there. And I just like walked up there and just like kind of crossed my arms and just like looked at the stage and looked around the room and it was just like a sold out crowd and it was it was like that moment where you're is like we did it you know because it was like right in that like the first or second week of being open and like we had oh man we've been so stressed for probably a couple years like it was a long process to get this open with permits and like the build out and like you know like all the issues that we had to like you know putting the new sprinkler system in and like it just took a lot of time and the like, stairwell yeah oh man building a stairwell yeah. yeah just so we could have the capacity that we have so finally seeing it in action it was amazing 
Yeah. Well, by the death cab, by the time the death cab show happened, all the drama with the first week and oh, and man. all the capacity issues yeah. had like, gone away. So mm-hmm. then it was like, by the time death cab hit, then it's yeah. like okay, no more stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that that first week. the hardest part was uh was was behind third eye blind. Yeah, yeah. So you've rough. seen you've seen a lot of shows. Uh, many of them are yours. Um, Most. Most of them, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guessing there. Have you have you gone to a show that? Give me your best non-BAMP show. Talk about your best concert experience anywhere. Oh man, um, it, a show that I wish I got to watch more of, but it just blew me away. Was Sting at the arena maybe a couple of years ago, two or three years ago? Was that when we snuck over? Yeah, because we had a show. Ron White. Yeah. yeah, we had Ron White. <laughs> So we had another show going on. And we had Ron White at the concert hall. Yeah, we were doing Ron White at the concert hall. And we had, oh, and then Live Nation was doing Sting Sting, at the arena. And we're. Those are our homies. Yeah. So we, Flash and I were like, let's let's kind of sneak over. Walk through the back, standing side stage, uh, watching Sting perform. I mean, it was like goosebumps. It was like one of those kind of moments. Plus, we were like right on, we weren't even. We weren't even front row. We were on the side of the stage. I had to go because Ron White's wife. Oh, yeah. Wanted to go, and so I had to go. Wife. Yeah, I had to go with her. Oh, look at you, Flash, being being so magnanimous, offering your services. I I had no choice. To other men's wives. So weird. Yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) What about, um, um, was it Coldplay that you and Casey flew and saw on the mainland? Was it it Red Rocks or Uh, The Gorge? We've actually seen them. We've flown to see Coldplay two times. We saw them once at The Gorge and then once at The Hollywood Bowl. Both of those were, were pretty amazing. That's a pretty epic band. Yeah, different tour cycles, too, so we got to see the different. And that's one of the things that, like, in Hawaii we don't get to see much of is, like, the, yeah. the production that the artist tours with that, sure. like, is their look for their album cycle. Yeah. Um, and to get to see that those two different um, shows during those album cycles was pretty, pretty amazing. There are some bands that insist on it, though. Like Michael Jackson would come with his production. Yeah, I and mean, that's a whole. Bruno comes yeah. with most of his production. Yeah, not all. But of Bruno it. on the on his last set of shows, which was with Tom Moffat, ate it on his own. To mm-hmm. he insisted on I'm playing my hometown shows. I want to have my full. Yeah, I want to have the full show. Mm-hmm. I would assume he's going to do something similar this time. What's on your What's on your uh, <laughs> What's on your playlist now? What, what bands are you listening to? What's on your radar? Oh man, uh, this morning Jose Gonzalez was on my Spotify oh. list. Uh, I, I was in a I don't know. I just was loving him uh, recently. I, I, a long time ago, I listened to him, and then like it's like one of those things. Like I forgot about this band or this artist, and then I've been listening to him. Sufton Stevens is one that I've been really into a lot lately. A band that I really like on the rock side. Uh, and I really liked them. A gang of youths. Uh, never heard of them before. They came up in some research I was doing not that long ago. I listened to them. And I was just like, whoa, these guys are insane. Actually, I just put an offer in for them. Um, because you listened to them and yeah. you liked them. Mm. Yeah. No, it's funny, too, is like artists, you, know, people, you always have these people complain, like, oh, I don't make any money from Spotify, you know, the streams and blah, 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 like, and, you know, the music industry and album sales, like, it's all falling apart. You know, there's, like, the school of thought that, like, I don't get enough per stream, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you also got to think, well, the way I look at it, and, and I'm not an artist, and I'm not, you know, my income and livelihood isn't dependent upon stream income, but, like, I came across an artist because of Spotify, and I listened to them once, and then now I am offering that band money to come to Hawaii. So it's, like, 
you might That's, not be getting paid a lot per stream, but like you're getting more. Expo- right. I would have never heard of that band before. And, and streams or, or record sales weren't ever where the money was for artists anyway. It was always touring. I mean, it's ch- always touring. That's you make more money, more cold hard cash when you get it directly from the fan. It's. I, um, I think that's the case now. And I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I feel like back in the day it might have been more back on in the albums day. Um, because there was a moment. Like you can kind of look at things where the album, like the. The streaming started coming up, and the album sales started going down, and ticket prices started going up. Oh yeah! So it's like the artists were then trying to compensate for that loss of absolutely. Revenue. But I mean, that's how I interpret it. Not to say that's the correct way. I but that's feel how like I um, Chance kind of um, set that business model in place. Like, here's my album for free. Yeah. I don't care, but I'm just going to go on tour and sell out arenas. Yeah, and man, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. Oh man. I remember we were trying to book him for two nights at the club, and we were like, no, it's two nights at the club. And the agent's like, nope, the arena. And we're like, here's a little bit more money for two nights at the club. And he's like, nope, it's got to be the arena. And we're like, ugh. A little bit more money for two nights at the club. And we're like, nope, it's got to be the arena. And then finally we're like, (laughs) boy, were we uh, wrong. (laughs) All right. And begrudgingly, we like wrote an offer for the arena, and it sold out day one. Wow. Crazy. In hours. I don't even think it was a full day. And then I think it was by I noon. Think two days later, yeah. we're announcing a second show. Yeah. Crazy. Matt Scramble. So you've been doing this uh, BAMP gambling Hey-o! thing for a while. <laughs> for a while now. Um, are you, uh, can you, do you consider yourself an expert in the game? Like you can kind of, you can see something and you can kind of say, that's going to be a hit. That's not going to work. Um, I like to think that I'm always learning. I wouldn't say an expert. Definitely I have more insight than maybe a normal person who's not in our industry but i mean we're always learning we're always learning new things and like new ways of like analyzing what an artist might be worth in our market yeah we're like you know what's a hit you know like it's hard yeah because like what we see also is like we've been tracking streams lately Mm -hmm. you know geo targeting um like you know our market to see like who is streaming in the market? Because like radio isn't necessarily the, the best yeah. indicator anymore. So, what? So it's like, what are? Yeah. No offense, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, well, radio does that too. I mean, now we used to track record sales. You know, I mean, Billboard uh, had done it for years. Although I don't know any program director that ever used Billboard, but they, you know, they they tracked album sales, and now it's all about the streams. And, yeah. You know, most users wouldn't even know that they're being tracked, but when you stream something on Spotify, those reports go into radio stations or producers hands mm-hmm. i mean shazam has that thing now they can tell you what people are listening to in your city yeah so uh you do other things at the club you know just doing concerts uh you know, the republic is open six days a week still and you've got your is it no there's seven days in a week you're open every day no i was just telling you that there oh. were seven days in a week. <laughs> <laughs> how many of those seven are you open <laughs> we're we're oh, um, we're open as needed. We're, okay. we're a, we consider ourselves a special event space, so okay. if it's needed to be open, we open. Uh, but we don't have any set hours. At one point, we did have like the safe house, which is our back yeah. lounge. But that's when Flash regularly. needed a place to drink on the daily. Yeah, he, Since he he's not the there anymore. He brought in the business, we yeah. shut it down. You know. So you ever going to do uh, like that <laughs> Iron Bacardi Iron series? That uh, that bartender, Iron bartender, Iron yeah. DJ, all that stuff. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, if somebody takes the initiative. Hey, that's hey. You, <laughs> no, no, you got not, your own dude. team for that. I know, I know. <laughs> looking at Flash. No. We're, yeah. He's doing my job, Maddie. Okay, ah. I'm gonna need him to stay here and do radio. Yeah. Uh, now we. Um, that was super we, fun. We've been so busy lately with concerts that we haven't looked too much to like put those type of events right. on. We were busy back then when I did it too, though. Dude, Flash, <laughs> Flash was the first person to arrive at the office. 
and always the last person to leave. It was. But for some reason, he always left for like three or four hours in the middle of the day. Like, Weird. to go make a sandwich and hike Cocoa Head and do yeah. push ups and like go that's, sculpt that's good and for the brain. yoga and like all that. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the shows. Give us some hints. Give us some. Maleko and Flash podcast exclusives. Oh, man. All right. What, uh, what, name a few shows that are coming to town. You can't announce ticket dates yet, but people mm. should start saving their or money. Or hints or something. Yeah. There, there's one that's going to be coming. Flash is going to be very, very, very excited. Okay. Starts with? Uh, I'm not going to say. Rhymes with? I can't say. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, on, it's on the level of I can't give any hints because okay. if it leaks, it would be very bad. A but, lot of hits. A lot of hits. A lot of hits. Yeah. Save your money. Save your money. Save your money. When? Towards the end of the year. This year? This year. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. Can you tell me where? Which I venue? I you cannot. can't. I cannot. Okay. All yeah. right. Good, any good other shows? To, any uh, other shows? Man, honestly, I, I would have to like think about it for a while okay. and it might take me. I mean, we have so many things going on all the time all right. that I don't remember like the next up. Uh, Is... um. Is the Greta Van Fleet show, do you have a new date for that yet? Yeah, we're working on it. We are waiting for some things to line back up in Japan. I'm only excited about that show because you got me hyped on the band. He turned me on to Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Dude, it, it, I mean, if you And like, then I got all excited, and yeah, it's not happening. I know. If you, if you haven't heard <laughs> of them or listened to them, they uh, sound a little... I mean, I hate to do the Led Zeppelin comparison because... They are their own band, but oh, they... Flash has talked about this band before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you, I was super. I, I got super jazzed on them because yeah. of Maddie. Yeah, and they're now great. they're not coming. They kind of sound like a, a cross between Led Zeppelin and Kings of Spade to uh, me. Well, yeah. Kings of Spade is opening the show. Ah, well, that would make sense. Yep. Any other whenever great... it happens. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the Maddie Boy guide to local bands that, if they're playing and you're looking for something to do, you should go see them. Go. Oh, a person that I love, Tavana. Yeah, Amazing. we've had him on the show. Oh, cool! Yeah, Great I performer. love that guy. He's yeah. unbelievable. We're, um, actually, we trip out that he's not a bigger deal. Yeah, he should be a bigger. He deal. Should he should be is. way bigger deal. Yeah. He could. I actually, I actually sent some of his music to some people in Nashville because um, I was like, this guy's so good. He's so good. Uh, Johnny Helm is another one that I yes. absolutely love. Yeah, he, he has like this raspy, like Chris Stapleton type voice. It's just insane. Actually, it's funny. I, I asked him. I was like, "Do you know who Chris Stapleton is?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> I'm like. Oh, check him out because uh, you're, you're like him. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's there's this band, um, Ivory City. Uh-uh. They might be a band now. I don't know. They they've broken up so many times. But uh, when they first came out, I I loved them, and I, I actually would listen to them in the office because I thought they were so good. Was uh, Ivory City were they the ones that became Skylene? Am no, Skylene's great. Sky, they're, but they're, they're separate. They're totally different band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kings of Spade, obviously. Uh, they actually have an album that's coming out October 19th. That uh, That's exciting. Yeah, produced by Dave Cobb. Dave Cobb produced Chris Stapleton, yeah. Jason Isbell, uh, man, Rival Sons, Judah and the Lion. Yeah. What's so, the release date on that? October 19th. Have you got a single that you uh, you want to drop on us? Uh, well, we released the first one August 3rd. Uh, that was Way She Goes. And then the follow-up is... Uh, an art and a track called Bottoms Up, and that comes out October seventh, I believe. Excellent. We had them on the show a while back. Too. We had Kings of Spade on yeah. the show, so if you want to get more on them, uh, we played some of their look music for that too. episode. Yeah, we so. played some of their music, and I've on Flash Drive. I played the new single uh, a few times. Oh, dude, is it Way We Go? Uh, Way She Goes. Way She yeah. Goes. Yeah, yeah. I've played that on the show. It's a crazy. Times. Uh, so lead singer Casey, she's easily identifiable, big red mohawk or yeah. fluorescent pink or fluorescent red mohawk. 
So she has like this soul. Like when she sings, it's incredible. So she loves like that era of music, like the Aretha Franklin's and like the surprisingly Engelbert Humperdinck. So she bought tickets for her family to come see Engelbert at the Hawaii Theater, and it was being filmed for a TV special. So she stood out in the crowd. Of course. Obviously. You see the Mohawk. Yeah. So after the show, um, she actually got interviewed by the TV crew. Oh, cool. So she'll probably end up being in that. But the next day, I'm like walking around doing stuff for the the second show because the first show sold out. We had a second one. And Engelbert, his manager, and his agent were all in Engelbert's dressing room. And I walked in, and we're just chatting, and they're talking about this this girl with the Mohawk. And I was just like (laughs) – it was just funny because, like, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, Did you I, turn him on to Kings of Spades? Well, I mean, I, listen to I explained, like, what was, you know, everything. Yeah. And so now, like, Engelbert's agent's going to be, like, listening to the music mm-hmm. uh, probably this weekend, he said. So, That's nice. Yeah, everybody's like, That's into fun. it. Ironically, I end up going to uh, front of house, you know, to go check on some stuff. And their front of house engineer was on his phone listening to a Kings of Spades song <laughs> because he overheard the interview the yeah. night before. And then he was like, man, send me some music. And so it's, it's kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's all about the look. You know, we've actually, we had a few people in here that talk about how, like Lanai, he used to talk about how, you know, everybody can make music, anybody can be a DJ, anybody can have a sound, but if you have a look and a sound, it sets you apart. That's why all these EDM DJs got their dumb helmets on. (laughs) Yeah. American Ninja Warrior, everybody's got like their own little like Oh, after the one one dude started it with the mask or whatever, now everyone's got to do it. Got to have a look. (laughs) You even know his name. Of course. (laughs) I watch American Ninja Warrior all the time. um, uh, was it so you think you can dance or whatever? And the kids with the the Jabberwockies, oh, the yeah, mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's how you stand out. All right. Well, uh, bentproject.com is the place uh, where you keep all the information. Um, where can we keep up with you and social media? I mean, is, uh, is you your, know, Matty, he's big on the social media. <laughs> is, is your Spotify account public? Can we see what you're into? We do have a Spotify, like a Bent, Bent Project Spotify playlist. Uh, yeah, we do. I think yeah. you meant yours personally, but me? No, I don't. I don't have any playlists. I okay. I just kind of like look up artists and listen to stuff. Oh. And but yeah. we can follow Bent Project on Spotify and, and get yeah. some cool new music. Yep, great. Ah, uh, yeah. It's also, nice. you can listen to if Yui was here, we could plug. Bamps Project Next every Sunday night on Star from 9 to 10 where they're playing all the new music. That's the but whole she's point not of the here, show. So we won't talk but about she's that. not here. Thanks, you. So we won't talk about these, Sunday nights on Star 101.9, the radio station. No. Uh, or on iHeartRadio. Yui, these cocktails are fantastic, by the yeah, way. Thanks. So, thanks, Yui. So thirsty. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Th- thanks for coming in, Maddie. It's it great. This is the longest conversation Maddie I've ever Bizzle. had with you where I wasn't drunk entirely. Yeah. Well, we did have one long conversation once. You were drunk. I had, to, <laughs> I had to. Your car got towed, and I had to take you from the wave down to, like, Sand Island somewhere. I think that might have been, like, I had met you before, but I don't, I mean, we weren't, like, homies this. at that time. And I don't remember You're, like, standing out front and, like, you're like, I don't have a car. And I'm like, oh, I have a car. And I was like, where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know. Let's go pick up my car. I was like, well, where is it? And he's like, I don't know. And eventually we figured out it was it got towed. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to go get his That's car. awesome. That's, that was the beginning of a long friendship, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. <laughs> Flash, who's on the show next? Uh, coming up next, I've been waiting for this show for a long time, Justin Park, owner of Bar oh, Leather yes. Apron. And he just won... The world's best Mai Tai competition, $10,000. He's the only three-time champ, and Maleko was uh, the MC of that event. I'm here to tell you his Mai Tai was freaking delicious. Uh, it is definitely a $30,000 Mai Tai. I am 
super excited to have. I don't care about what, what we talk about. I'm just really excited he's going to make is drinks. Is he the bartender? He is. Yeah, we're not yeah. interviewing. I don't want to hear him talk. I want to make, no, no. make drinks. It's going to be like when we had Newman on from Pint and Jigger. Okay, it's good. like you're, you're the guest and you're making us drinks. Okay, good. Check out a new show every Wednesday afternoon on my blog at star1019.com, the iHeart app, iTunes. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search Maleco and Flash. Or if you're old school on a, on a laptop or a desktop, you can just go to iHeart.com and search it. Cool. Or you can Google it. Actually, you can Google, Google Maleco and Flash and the podcast show up there. So any way you want to hear it, you can do that. If you Google image that, that same name, Maleco and Flash, a bunch of other fun, interesting things pop up. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> do the image search. You'll see Maddie in there, too. <laughs> NSFW. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming in, Maddie. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Special mahalo to Tito's for making us funnier. <laughs> and uh, for Naomi Hazelton for being hot. At Pacific Edge Magazine. That's sure, fine. <laughs> and uh, look, how do I win my flask cap? I already forgot because I've had too much Tito's. All right, so if you want to win your very own flask cap, which is the new yes. way to enjoy a beverage, doing yes. your favorite activity, here's what you've got to do. Take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome if you had a flask cap while you were doing it. So it could be a picture of you hiking Cocoa Head. Yeah. Maybe a picture of you on the beach, uh, maybe surfing, maybe if you were on a boat. Ideally, somewhere where maybe you're not supposed to have the alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it wouldn't be the appropriate thing. Yeah. Please don't send a picture of, of you driving. But if you're a passenger, is that okay? If you're riding in a there lift, you go. absolutely. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you if, go. Of you riding in a lift, absolutely. So take a picture of you doing something awesome that would be 10 times more awesome with a flask cap. Hiding five ounces of your favorite liquor, where you can mix it up and have a good time. Hashtag Maleco and Flash. Hashtag Flask Cap. Flask Cap. Yeah, that's F-L-A-S-K-A-P. If you put those two flash tags or those two <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> I just came up with a new yeah, word for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Flash tags. Put those two hashtags on your post, and uh. we will pick a winner every week. To win a flask cap. How dope is that? And if you want to win it, just post it now, and we'll let you know via the Insta. Do it. Hey, that's it. So if you liked what you heard, which, which is unlikely, but that's fine. <laughs> but if you did, tell your friends. Yes. How would I tell my friends? How how does this iHeart app podcast thing work, Maleko? Really, really good. Look up. You <laughs> see you see those three dots at the top of the screen there on the right? Click that. That's the uh, the okay. share button. Check. Got and it. then you can uh, email it. You can text your friends. You can copy the link. You could post it on social media. Yeah. Just post it on social media. We don't I'll, want I'll you to text your friends or email them. We want every we want as many people mm -hmm. to know about this as possible. So yeah. don't be shy. And don't forget to follow us on social. I'm at DJ Maleko. I'm at Flashy808. That's Flashy with two E's. Or I guess if you turn still the still talking. If like, you turn the push up. notifications on on uh. your on your app, then it will automatically tell you I'm not listening. That there's I've a new show coming up. Left the room. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I so want to hear more. <laughs> hey! <laughs>